Hello, I'm CM Conway, the filmmaker of the witty and poignant indie, How to Successfully Fail in Hollywood, now on Prime Video, and funnyfailurefilm.com. On this now monthly podcast, we celebrate funny flubs, bodacious blunders, and miraculous missteps that happen to us as artists. So hone your funny bone and let's get started. Hello, I'm CM Conway, the filmmaker of the witty and poignant indie, How to Successfully Fail in Hollywood, now on Prime Video and funnyfailurefilm.com. On this show, we celebrate funny flubs, bodacious blunders, and miraculous missteps that happen to us as artists. So hone your funny bone and let's get started. This is our first episode, and I'm quite excited because let's face it, mistakes and failures are just a part of the creative process. I think it's important to talk about them and what insights can we gain from these experiences. And if you're an artist and you'd like to share a mishap that's happened in your journey and would like to share it on the show, visit funnyfailurefilm.com and click on Share Your Story. So I wanted to start our first podcast with a truly unbelievable story. I lived in Los Angeles for over a decade. I pursued acting. I trained as an actress, films and television. I studied with a remarkable acting coach. I had a scene study class. I worked hard. I auditioned. I tried to get agents. I got agents sometimes. I didn't get agents sometimes. The only things that were really producing fruit for me were when I would produce independent projects. When I was in the driver's seat as the creator, it seemed that there was this momentum happening. And then, of course, I would try to go out for everything I possibly could. But the odds are so naturally stacked against you when you're an actress or when you're an actor. But it didn't stop me from trying day after day. I also built my own business. I was doing things that gave me joy, that were a valuable service. And quite frankly, just kept me sane. So after over a decade in LA, I had come to this place where I felt, I don't think that there's anything more in Los Angeles for me. And I was very torn about that decision because in my head, I was thinking, but isn't that giving up on your dream? My dream was to contribute to the landscape of film whether as a filmmaker, whether as an actress, something meaningful, important, use the craft I had studied so many years to develop. And I was not gaining a lot of headway and I couldn't figure it out despite all of my efforts and I paid my dues. Again, it was a really difficult decision, but then once I made that decision and said, I'm going to move back to my roots in Northern California, where I grew up, a whole momentum happened that made it clear to me, ah, this is the right decision. And the quality of life is better where I live now. And I was on my merry way to leaving LA and Hollywood behind. 
Well, what I didn't anticipate at all was I would be kept up nights, tossing and turning, because I was haunted by this feeling that I didn't get that brass ring that I wanted to get in LA. I didn't make the contribution I wanted to make. I had studied for so many years. I had sunk just a lot of money and time and blood and sweat and tears into this craft. And I could not let it go or it wouldn't let me go. And I literally was tossing and turning when I had moved back to my roots in Northern California, haunted by what I felt was my failure. And so I had to write it down because I had to get it out of my system. Otherwise I couldn't sleep. So I started writing about it and that became a novel. And then that became a screenplay. I wanted to try my hand at writing a screenplay. And so I was able to get all of this out of my system. When I graduated college, I graduated with two degrees in English and communications. I double majored. So writing had always been a very positive outlet for me creatively. Then I started actually seeing some of the humor in my experiences in LA. And then eventually it became the screenplay, How to Successfully Fail in Hollywood, because I realized I became a bit of the expert on what not to do. (laughs) There were a lot of things I did right in LA, but it was just a really funny angle to approach a lot of the things that just happened to me in LA. Then after I finished the screenplay, I got this overwhelming sense at that time and not before. This is like my gut said, make this film. Now I've had just a handful of moments in my life where I have received sort of that strong of a sense. And I know it when I feel it something that's kind of bigger than me, that was talking to me. (laughs) And I thought for a minute, like, how could I make this film? I mean, I've never made a feature film before. I've done smaller projects, but nothing on this scale. So I knew it was going to be an enormous endeavor. But because I had done smaller projects, I just started the process and let's see what happens because that it was so strong in me to make this film. It detailed an actress's journey with her best friend who was a gay Latinx man. Just the film was really an ode to the struggling actor, the struggling artist, the unknown, hardworking, everyday artist that is hitting that bat every day, trying to make it against all odds. The whole film was an ode to that, as well as being a how not to guide, what not to do in the industry, and at the same time, being able to detail a lot of interesting, complicated, and challenging dynamics that happen in the industry, and how to navigate your own truth, your own identity in the process. I'm friends with a lot of artists. I know a lot of actors. So I know the struggles that we go through and I really wanted to make a film that revealed that very honestly and in an entertaining manner because the film is first and foremost a comedy. What is also very poignant, there's a very underlying poignancy and it's really meant to be inspiring in the end. And so I just started this process. 
I mean, I'm in Northern California. I start making a film when I move out of LA. It was so ironic, but at the same time, that's just how it happened. And so I started the process of putting out ads for different crew members. And we started the process of casting. I was able to obtain a fiscal sponsor from the Heart Productions. They help with a platform for fundraising. And as soon as I started the process, this momentum happened that was phenomenal. So suddenly I was on my way and I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. Now, I'm also a very detail-oriented person. I had coordinated a lot of events when I was in LA. That was part of my business. And so I knew, okay, so this is like coordinating a big event every day, a film. So I just put one foot in front of the other and the momentum that I felt behind me, just so affirming that, yes, I'm going in the right direction. Yes, I'm finding these crew members. Yes, I'm finding these actors. So it was just remarkable, though it was so much work and I had prepared a lot and then connected eventually with a wonderful cinematographer, Lisa Stoll, Daniel Hess. He was such a help to the film. He had an entire gear truck that was a dream for any filmmaker. It was as if all of these pieces of the puzzle were just coming together. And as long as I just kept doing my part in studying what I needed to study, learning what I needed to learn, doing the work I needed to do, I was the writer, the executive producer, the director, the editor in the film. And I was the protagonist because it is inspired by my own story. And there's a lot of diversity in the film. It's very inclusive. We found this amazing actor, Adrian Gilbert, who authentically represents his character, Ben, who is a gay Latinx man. Just so many elements came together and through a grassroots community effort, there were a lot of local locations in my area that were willing to allow us to film in their location. And so it really became this grassroots evolution with this hardworking skeleton crew, cast members. We had over 90 people in the film. That's including minor roles and extras. It was all coming together. And so we had our shoot schedule. We had to adjust it a bit for our cinematographer, Lisa Stoll, because she had a certain amount of time available. So we had to kind of shorten it for one week. So we essentially shot the film in 22 days. Then we're on the last day of filming. So I am so close to completing this dream of mine. I was living my dream. I was literally living my dream and all the studying and the work and the commitment and the dedication I used when making this film. Everyone worked so hard as a team to make this happen. They believed in it. And that was so moving and inspiring to me. And the last day of filming, it's raining. It had been raining off and on throughout the shoot days. Here we are, we're in this barn. We're almost to the finish line. And suddenly the lights go out. The electricity went off in the town 
we were filming in. It was stormy, it was pouring rain, and I stood there with the crew and the cast in the cold, the rain pelting on the roof. And I'm thinking, this is it. We were making a film called How to Successfully Fail in Hollywood, but this is the ultimate failure. The electricity goes out on the last day of filming and we won't be able to finish the film. And I was horrified. And I just, I started to melt inside. And then something happened. I was raised in the area we were filming in. So I knew, okay, this is what we do when the electricity goes out. I had this part of me that kicked into gear that I did not even realize was there until this happened. And it suddenly knew what to do. And then Lisa Stoll, our cinematographer, Daniel Hess, our wonderful sound mixer and sound recordist, they kicked into gear. The crew kicked into gear. The actors kicked into gear. It was like, what do we do? What can we do right now? Ah, we can film the dream sequence part of this scene. It doesn't need sound. We're going to add it in post-production. So Lisa had a battery-powered camera that could survive on battery for a while. She could use her battery-powered lights. Daniel Hess, he had some lights too. They were battery-powered. So we all decided we are going to film the scene with a battery-powered camera and battery-powered lights. So this part of me that just kicked in rose up and was very clear, knew what to do. I'm not giving up. We're going to do this. Let's do that. And I was surprised myself. And not one person, not one person had said, um, maybe we should just stop. No, we can't do this today. It's cold. It's rainy. There's no electricity. Let's just stop. Nobody said that. So we were on a tight schedule and a lot of people needed to leave the next day. So we didn't have the luxury of, say, shooting the next day when maybe the electricity was on. That was the day. We needed to finish it that day. And we started filming the scene. We were doing the takes. We were all in solution mode. And then, like the lights on a Christmas tree... A few hours later, the electricity went on in the small town we were filming in. And during the scene, the lights suddenly in the barn had come on. And there were many twinkle lights in this barn. And it was so beautifully ornate and adorned. So it really did light up like a Christmas tree. It was like a miracle. So we finished filming that take and we went into the next scene And then the rest of the day went like clockwork. We all solved it together. I realized that all of that training, all of that work, everything I had learned, everything I had done, everything I went through in Los Angeles was worthwhile. Everything had prepared me for that exact moment. And we ended up being able to film the entire film We ended on schedule, and it all worked out. And so I realized that sometimes what you consider your greatest failure 
could actually be the very thing that allows you to be human, that it connects you to humanity. And I personally witnessed, if you're committed, clear, honest, and you work hard, anything is possible. It sounds so cliche, but I watched it happen in front of my very eyes. And what is truly unbelievable to me looking back is we wrapped the film right before the pandemic hit. So I know in my bones, if there's some artistic dream you've had in the back of your mind and you've been waiting, do it. The time is now. Because if not now, when? And if not you, who? Thank you for joining us in the How to Successfully Fail in Hollywood podcast. Copyright by Showstoppers and FunnyFailureFilm.com Intro and outro song, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star by David Mumford. Until next time, remember, mistakes makes art more interesting.